Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. I'm Nora Bowman. I'm a senior vice president and part of the client relationship management team at ESEC Lending. I'm also a member of the Women in Securities Finance group, and I personally have found a tremendous amount of value in the offerings from that group to date. The webinars, the podcasts, networking events, the in-person events, when that was still a thing that we were able to do together, have all been very valuable to me. So I'm excited to be your host for today's podcast. Today, we'll be discussing how to advocate for yourself, which I think is a very important topic, one that many people can sometimes struggle with, myself included in that list, when trying to figure out the best approach on how to ask for things, whether in the workplace or in other areas of life in general. I'm pleased to have with me today, Rachel Bailey, joining me on the podcast, who is the Director of Coaching at Genius Unlocked Coaching Institute. And she's also a Master Certified NLP Coach, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, for those not familiar. She also has her own podcast called Life Coach in Your Pocket that is definitely worth a listen. And since she is the podcast veteran out of the two of us, I'll turn it over to Rachel now to give a little bit more of her background and also to just set the stage for our chat today. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, thank you so much, Nora. I appreciate the introduction. I was thinking about what do people really need to know about me in order to understand why me? Why am I the person sitting here talking about advocating for yourself? There's a lot of achievements, accomplishments on my bio, yet I think what's important for you to understand about me is that I was the woman that advocated for myself for my entire career. There's no real reason why I should be sitting here as the expert. Just so you know a little bit about my background, I started out in education. I was an elementary school teacher. And every job that I've applied for for the last 10 years, I have been the most underqualified candidate sitting in the interview room. And I've gotten every job that I've ever applied for. I've gotten promoted at every workplace I've ever worked at. And now I'm the director of coaching for a coaching institute. I was selected for this job before I even had my coaching certifications. So Yes, I am an expert in the fact that I have my coaching certifications now. I have my own business now. I am an expert in this field now. I didn't start out that way. I started out as just an elementary school teacher who wanted a different position and put my hat in the ring, even though I did not have the correct certifications or qualifications. So I think when I'm sitting here talking to you about advocating for yourself, I think the most important thing to understand is that I've done it the entire time and I'm just another woman sitting in the room, just like everybody else. So I'm really, really excited to talk to you about how I've done that and how you can do that too. Great. Thank you. And I think you make a really good point there that, you know, it's not just your credentials that put you in a place to really speak to this topic, but also your experience. You've obviously been successful at self-advocating to get to where you've gotten in your career. So that brings us to our first topic to kind of advocating for yourself in general. And this doesn't have to be career specific because I'm sure your recommended approach would apply to many areas of life. But some things in the workplace that we typically are asking for are things like promotions, pay raises, new roles, expanded responsibilities, continuing education. So wondering what you would recommend for the best approach to self-advocate and to ask for these types of things to achieve whatever your desired goal or outcome is. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to people about the how and the structure of the how. 
I really would like to first talk about some statistics as far as women in the workplace. And the reason why I want to talk about this first is because I think there is definite value that we're going to get into the how to advocate for yourself. And I think women tend to, and forgive me for stereotyping, there are statistics to back me up here and I will read you some of those statistics. Women tend to ask for raises less than men do. They tend to ask for professional development less than men do. And they tend to ask for promotions less than men do. Now, you might be sitting there listening to this podcast thinking, not me, I definitely advocate for myself, yet these are just numbers. So according to a woman business journal, many women are uncomfortable asking for a raise and are unlikely to push the issue if their request is denied. So what I want to do is talk to women about not only how they can advocate for themselves, but then what to do if their request is denied, which is a topic that I think is really worth covering. According to Zorro, an online seller of industrial supplies, they actually studied and surveyed a thousand employees about their strategies for getting a bigger paycheck. And what they actually found was that women were less likely than men to receive the raise. And about one third of women did nothing after their request was denied. A third of all women. So once the woman was told, no, not right now, one third of those women just accepted and never asked again. Only 10% of women continue to advocate for themselves after being told no. Only 10%. And only 39% of women asked for a reason after their request was denied. I found that really interesting. So men will often say, well, why not right now? When am I going to hear back about this? When would be a good time? And 39% of women are uncomfortable pursuing the reason why their request was denied. So what we're finding in these statistics is that even though women are asking for raises and are asking for promotions, they're not doing it as often as men are. And they're often not willing to push the envelope to ask the questions to make sure that they are advocating for themselves, even in the face of rejection. Do you have any thoughts on that, Nora? I think those are pretty startling statistics, but they're not very surprising to me. I mean, I think that for myself, and maybe I don't want to generalize too much, but I think that women can sometimes feel a lot more empathy. So they, you know, are afraid to ask for something that when they're already receiving so much, you know, if their company treats Mm -hmm. them well, if they feel like they are valued, it's then sometimes difficult to flip that into realizing, okay, I am valued. So how do I turn that into asking for more instead of saying I am valued and that's enough? Right, exactly, exactly. And I think that brings up a good point of women are nurtured in a way that is different. And we are nurtured in a way that is the oftentimes looking out for other people, looking out for the bigger picture, having empathy towards our relationships. So we bring that perspective to the workplace. Oftentimes, women are uncomfortable negotiating for things because they want to have empathy for their boss, empathy for HR, empathy for the financial structure of the company. They're thinking about everyone else's needs. And they're uncomfortable requesting their own needs oftentimes. So I really want to sit here and tell every woman out there that we're going to approach asking for promotions, asking for raises, asking for professional development in a way where we approach it with confidence and knowing that we absolutely are worth it to our employer, to our boss and to our company. And I'm going to teach you today how to do that. 
Great. That sounds perfect. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to give you just the basic seven tips that we're going to talk about first, and then I'll go into more detail and more depth. So the first thing is, especially right now with the way that the climate is, in order to request a raise or a promotion or some sort of professional development, if you want to advocate for yourself, the first thing you're going to do is request an in-person meeting. In-person meetings are vastly more successful than asking via telephone, asking via email, any other source of media. You need to be in person. Now, I already know everyone's current objection to that, right? We are currently in a pandemic. So how do we now get in person with our boss, with HR, with the person that's basically is going to make the decision as to whether or not we can go to that professional development or get that promotion? The first thing you're going to do is request a Zoom meeting. And I'll get back to that in a second. Tip number two, you're going to come with grants in mind or other budgeting ideas already in mind for what you can recommend to your employer. Number three, you're going to start with the company's vision. And I will come back to what I mean by that and how to do that. Number four, you're going to express how valuable you are to the company already. What value do you add now? Number five, you're going to express how the professional development or how you, once you receive your raise, it will make you an even more valuable resource to the company. Number six, come with specifics on how professional development will serve the company, how your raise will serve the company, how your promotion will serve the company. First, the mission, the clients, the other staff members, how will it serve them? And then lastly, you're going to reiterate your loyalty to the company. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we will go into some depth there. And Nora, feel free to interrupt or ask questions as we go. Okay, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is requesting a Zoom meeting. You can put as much or as little detail in this request as you want to. You're literally just making a request to meet with your boss. If it were me, I'd hold my cards in my hands and not say why I wanted to schedule the meeting. That's just a personal choice. If you want to put in your email that you want to speak about a raise or speak about a promotion, you can do that. I think if you're going to do more of a power play, do not do that. Request a meeting and say, I'd really like to meet with you next week. I know you're very busy. When is a good time for you to meet with me next week? That way, when you do meet with your boss, they don't already have negations in mind. They have not spent a week or two weeks thinking about your request for a raise. Because remember, in-person is more successful. So in your request to sit down with your boss, do not tell them why. (laughs) Just say, I'd like to talk to you. Then the second tip I have is do your due diligence before you sit down. So for example... If you're coming and you're like, I really want to go to this professional development course, this is going to help me as a person, it's going to help me do X, Y, and Z, you already are going to preemptively strike your employer's objection to that. What is their objection going to be? Probably financial, right? Or that's at least going to be the excuse that they give. You know, we can't send you to that because it's not in the budget. So what you're going to do is you're going to come with grants already in mind. Now, Grants are really, really easy. All you need to do is Google grants and you will see hundreds of grants popping up. You can even get more specific grants for women, grants for professional women, 
grants for women in the workplace, grants for professional development. Start searching for some that you're like, okay, this one, this one, I can apply to all three of these. I'm going to mention that to my boss. So when I come in, I can say, look, I already have these three grants in mind. I'm going to apply to all three of them. And that's my idea. And I'm really open and excited to hear your ideas for budgeting this financially as well. So that shows your employer or your boss that you're serious about this, number one. Number two, you've done your due diligence and you're not just throwing them another thing on their plate because they're busy too. And the last thing they want to do is have to figure this out. So by you taking that burden off of their plate, they're going to be more likely to say yes, because now they don't have to figure that out. If you can even go the extra mile, if you have the resources to figure out the financials of the company you can even say, I'd like to take it out of this budget. I'd like to take the money from this budget. That's what I did for some of the professional developments that I wanted to do is, hey, we can take it out of the art budget. For example, if I wanted to go to a professional development for art teachers, we can use the art budget. There's money there. So come with these things in mind if you can. At the very least, come with some grants in your pocket. And you don't have to have a yes. You can just have ideas for grants. That's helpful. I haven't spent a lot of time looking out there for grants and things available, but I'm sure that there's a lot out there like you've noted. Yeah, there are a lot out there. And I think sometimes the misconception is, oh, well, so many people are applying for those. They'll never pick me, blah, blah, blah. It's just not true. Because like you just said, Nora, you're not thinking about it. So there's money out there on the table and people aren't even thinking about it. So start thinking about it and putting it in your awareness and it will come to you. Yeah, I would think that that would go a long way with most employers that you've shown the initiative to try to fund it yourself or partially fund it yourself before making the ask. Exactly, exactly. And so a lot of this is coming with their questions already in your mind. What is your employer's objection going to be? And then how would you like to respond to that? That's why when you first request the meeting, you hold the cards because you're going to do all the back end research and not leave it to them to do all of the reasons why you can't or shouldn't. Then the third thing that you're going to do in this meeting with your boss, your employer, your HR, whoever you're sitting down with to advocate for yourself, I want you to start with the company's vision. This is where most people get tripped up because they do the opposite and they go into this meeting and they say, this is why I need da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, you've already lost your employer's attention because They're thinking about the bigger picture, the company, the staff, the clients. So you need to meet them there first before you go into why this is beneficial to you as a person. So for example, I used to work at a school. If I ever wanted anything, I would start with, this is why this will be best for our vision and mission. This is why this will be best for the children. This will be best for our students. You never go into a meeting and say, this is will be best for me. That is not going to serve you anyway. So start with the mission. And I would even recommend that if you're sitting there right now and you're like, I don't know my company's mission statement. I don't know my company's vision. Go look at your staff website right now. It's on there. You need to memorize that. Because when you come into this meeting with your company's mission in mind, and you can state the mission statement, and you could say, listen, I know this is our mission statement. I know this is what we're about. I know this is our vision. I know this is our mission. And I want to further that with XYZ. 
already your boss is going to be thinking, wow, she is serious about this. She's got a plan to figure out how to move our company forward. Yep, that makes sense. At ESEC Lending, we have goals that our company has in our mission statement that we go over quarterly as a group. And I can easily see now as I'm thinking about it, how pretty much anything that I could ask for would be able to fit into those four buckets. So that's very helpful. Yeah, exactly. So having this stuff in mind, I think people just sometimes forget that you really can advocate for yourself with just these simple tips. How is it going to align with the company? Answering that basic question first before asked is going to support you. Then number four, statistically, men will do this a lot more than women will. In fact, I have a statistic that I'll tell you in just a second. But number four is expressing how valuable you already are to the company. Studies showed that men would oftentimes use these tactics when wanting a raise the men would say things like, well, my job performance is better than so-and-so. I'm not recommending that you do that. These are just studies. Men were more likely to compare their job performance to other coworkers or use another job as leverage for a raise or promotion. And they were more likely to look for another job if their employer did not meet them where they were at with what they wanted. Here's how you can do this in a way that is professional and feels good to you if you don't want to make those comparisons. You don't need to. What you are going to do is you're going to go into this meeting and you're going to express how valuable you are to the company. You do not need to make comparisons. You don't need to. Go in there and say, listen, and I used to do this with my boss all the time when I wanted something. (laughs) It works. (laughs) Listen, I'm always on time. I have an amazing work ethic. I'm the first one here in the morning. I'm the last one to leave. You never hear any complaints about me. I keep my nose to the grindstone. I'm a great communicator. I add a lot of value to our students because I'm teaching them this after-school program and this after-school program and this after-school program. Every single time I did this, my boss said, you're right. You're right. I absolutely can see that. You just need to remind them how awesome you are because your boss, and I know this myself being a business owner, they're just busy. They don't have time to think about how awesome you are. Yet if you remind them how much you're showing up for your job, then they will be able to see it and recognize it. So you want to express how valuable you already are. Why? Because they know, employers know that good employees will jump ship if offered a better position, a better salary, a better deal. And they don't want to lose you if they remember how amazing you are. Which brings me to tip number five. So you've already requested to meet on Zoom. You've already come with grants in mind. You've started with the company's vision and you've expressed how valuable you already are. Now you're going to express how the professional development or raise will make you even more valuable. How will the professional development that you want to go to or the raise that you're asking for make you even more valuable? So for example, let's start with professional development. If you know you want to do a course that's going to inspire you to be better team player, be a better leader in the workplace, then what I would recommend that you do is go look at the specific professional development program And what is the promised result? You can find this on the professional development's landing page, on their website, on their ad. What are they promising people? Probably more confidence, ability to speak in public, team player, leadership, all these things. 
So you're going to take those specific words from that professional development's landing page or website ad, and you're going to say, this professional development is going to build up leaders in the workplace. Let me tell you something. I am a leader in the workplace. I want this training to help me be a better leader in the workplace because people are looking to me to set the standard of work ethic. And if I can learn better leadership skills, I can increase work productivity in our company. Now your boss's ears are itchy and excited for you. Yep. And I think in the last two, some things that resonated with me and something that we chatted with a bit before when we were prepping for this last week is that a lot of times in these big banks that some of the members, the Women in Securities Finance Group work for, there is sometimes more of a focus, whether it's from a budget perspective or more like manager resource on the underperformers. But then you're coming in here and saying, listen, I'm already adding this much value. And here's why I want to do this so that I can add even more value. So I think that that can sometimes be a challenge in getting the focus on more for a higher performer compared to creating opportunities for an underperformer to do better. So I think that those last two that you hit on would be very helpful in that respect. Absolutely. And I do want to speak to one of the concerns was, well, what if my boss employer company spends more money on the underperformers? I think what you do when you go into this meeting, my seventh tip, so I'm going to come back to six in a second, was reiterate your loyalty. No employer wants to invest money into an employee who's now going to take that professional development, take that promotion, take that raise and leverage it at another company. That is the last thing they want. And unfortunately, a potential problem for them is investing in their underperformers, making those underperformers good employees or great employees, and then those people leave. So when I get to tip number seven, it's reiterate your loyalty to the company because in that way, you preemptively strike that concern of, I would rather spend money on my underperformers. No, really, you wouldn't. Because what's going to happen to those underdeveloped or underperforming employees? You're going to build them up and then they're going to leave. However, if you spend this investment on me or you give me this promotion or me this raise, I will be loyal to the end because I love our mission and our vision, which I already told you earlier in this conversation. So number six, coming with specifics. So how is this different from what I said earlier in tip number three, starting with the vision of the company? Number six is come with specifics on how the professional development will serve the company and the mission and the vision and the clients and the children and whoever it is that you work for. Come with specifics. In other words, A lot of people, when they're going up to communicate how valuable a professional development training is going to be, how valuable a raise or promotion is going to be, there's an assumption there that your employer sees that potential, sees that value, understands exactly why this is so important. And that is a serious 
misconception. We need to lay it out detail by detail by detail why this professional development program is going to serve the company. So have specific details in mind. I'm going to take this training and come back and do XYZ with it. So let me give you a personal example. I really, really, really wanted to go to a social and emotional learning development training for children. And my employer at the time was like, why would I send you and not the school psychologist? And I'm like, well, let me tell you why. If you send me, the school psychologist is busy. Okay. She is busy. Her caseload is overflowing. If you send me little old art teacher to the social and emotional learning development training, I'll start an after-school program for children because I have the time and the bandwidth to do that. So when you send me to this training, I'll be able to implement what they teach me in our after-school program, which we can advertise on our website. Can't argue with that. And then I got a yes. So you come with specifics on how the training or the raise or the promotion will serve the company's vision. So seven was reiterate your loyalty to the company because your employer wants to know that you're not going to take this training and leverage it somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that this is very helpful because I mean, I myself, I'm not the type of person that's just going to go into the room and just kind of spout off all these reasons why I deserve it more than this other person. Or I think I would really benefit from this framework that's kind of the step-by-step guide on how to go through this type of exercise. So very helpful. I think that we are nearing our time Mm -hmm. limit for today. So do you have any conclusion remarks? Yeah. One closing remark is I think there might be some women listening. Not all women are thinking this. There's some women listening that are thinking, I just don't know if I could do that. Great for you, Rachel. You sound really confident. Clearly, you've done this a million times. It's easy for you. And I would say it's never easy the first time. I was very nervous. I was. Yet I could see the end result. I could see the end picture. And I understood that I'm the only person that's going to advocate for myself. The other teachers here are not going to come to the boss or the principal or the superintendent and say, you know who really needs a raise? Rachel. You know who really deserves a promotion? Rachel. And even if they are saying those things, it doesn't matter. The boss isn't going to do anything about it until you go in there and advocate for yourself. So release the fear and just know that you are worthy of it. You are capable of it. And fake it till you make it. It's a cliche and it works. (laughs) Go in there, put your shoulders back, put your chin up, take a deep breath, chest out, and just get through your list of seven items and see how it works out for you. Thanks, Rachel. That's great advice. That's all the time we have for today. I think we certainly packed a lot of helpful information into a pretty short amount of time. Hopefully there's folks out there that can take these seven tips for self-advocating and apply them in the real world in their career. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. Especially while we're unable to meet in person, we're excited to be able to bring these podcasts as a way to stay connected with one another and also to provide helpful information for personal and career growth. If you have suggestions for future topics or speakers you'd like to recommend, please don't hesitate to reach out to the Women in Securities Finance group. You can subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts.
And lastly, thank you to our listeners and thank you again to Rachel for joining us today. It was great to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If people would like to follow my podcast, they can. It's Life Coach In Your Pocket. Take care, everyone.